Hello, this is episode 229 and I thought it might be a good opportunity to answer a common question that I've been getting a lot lately, which is this. With the way the industry is right now, with all of the price rises and everyone so busy, is now the right time to do my project? Should I be starting my renovation or new build or should I wait until things calm down a bit? I don't often do time-specific episodes here on the Get It Right podcast as I really like this information to be something that homeowners can get help from at any time and it still be relevant. However, we are in some pretty unusual times right now so I, I thought it might be helpful to discuss it here. And because also I've been discussing Home Method in the last couple of episodes, I thought that having this conversation with you here on the podcast about current scenarios and what to be aware of would also give you a good insight into the types of conversations that we actually get the opportunity to have in Home Method because that's really what happens in Home Method and especially happens during our regular Q&A sessions. I'm often sharing information on specific industry news or things to be aware of, you know, new materials I've come across, knowledge that I have from my network with members and then, of course, we've got a whole raft of homeowners who are dealing with this in real time and they're also sharing with each other their own learnings and their discoveries along their project journey. Now, if you'd like to get a transcript of this episode to read and refer back to later, remember that you can download a free PDF transcript by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 229. That's the numbers 229. Now, let's dive in. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee. Based in Northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, a mum, an architect, and I've worked in the architectural industry for over 27 years now. Having worked on over 250 projects, mainly residential family homes, as well as significantly renovating three homes of my own with my hubby, whilst our three kids were babies, toddlers, and even older, I have both a personal and professional understanding of the joy, challenges, stresses, and excitement of making your family home a reality. In mid-2014, I started Undercover Architect. It's an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building and renovating your family home. Undercover Architect is all about giving you access to the industry knowledge and insights you need to avoid the mistakes and dramas that can cost you thousands, tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's about levelling the playing field so that the world of renovating and building doesn't seem so mysterious and you can be the active driver in making your project a reality. I truly believe that you unlock what is possible for your future home. When you know the questions to ask, the steps to take, and the best way to create a home that works, feels great, and that you feel great in, you can enjoy the process of building and renovating, as well as the home that you move into at the end of this ambitious journey. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with, and whatever your dreams, your location, or your budget. Now, one of the amazing things that I love about having businesses like the businesses I have is that it really does put me in connection with lots of other people in my industry. Inside Undercover Architect, I get to speak to other architects and designers and suppliers in the industry. And of course, I get to connect with loads of homeowners. And then inside Live Life Build, I'm in direct contact with a lot of awesome builders on a really regular basis. Now, these connections help me learn a lot about what is going on in our industry uh, in many locations throughout Australia and also overseas. And these connections also mean that I get to have regular conversations about projects, prices, timelines, challenges, and the general nature of the industry. 
This is such a great part of my work and I really love it, especially as I don't do projects myself anymore. And so that means I'm not getting to stand on construction sites each week. I, you know, I do miss that. I really do miss that. But having these connections into this industry that I love, it certainly does fill the gap. Now, if you've been thinking about renovating or building or your project is already underway in the design phase or perhaps even further along, Look, you would have had to have been living under a rock if you weren't aware of the price rises and the issues with material availability and deliveries, the push out on timelines and the general challenges that we're experiencing in the industry. And if like many homeowners that I speak to, you may also have this question. With everything going on, is now the right time to start my project? And this will often be accompanied by, you know, will the prices go down? Will things in the industry calm down? And should I wait until later this year or next year and do my project then? Wouldn't it be awesome to have a crystal ball? Wouldn't it just be brilliant to be able to predict exactly what will happen to the industry and the prices within it as we make decisions about when it's the best time to do our renovation or new build? And with our projects often taking anywhere between 12 months and three years sometimes, wouldn't it be great to be able to forecast how we could plan for price rises and changes over that duration? Yes, it definitely would be. Unfortunately, though, that is not possible. As a great article recently published in The Fifth Element at the end of January stated, making any sort of prediction in these uncertain times is an activity fraught with risk. A prediction may have appeared insightful at the outset of the year and may well have proven to be soon misguided, if not hopelessly wrong. I've heard from builders that they believe that things will calm down by the end of the year. I've also heard from builders that they believe that we've still got a lot of pain to go through and that things aren't slowing down anytime soon. And then there's all sorts of predictions in between those extremes. What's been so unusual about the times that we're in at the moment is really the rate of change. You know, many builders will receive emails from the companies that they regularly purchase their products from and they've received this for a long time, you know might be emails from their local trade supplier or the manufacturer themselves. And the thing is that those emails, they previously used to come through generally at milestones in the year, you know, often quarterly, they'd be sharing impending price rises, changes to product lines. You know, sometimes they'd might come more often, but generally you'd see a creep on price rises and maybe a CPI or a greater jump at the start of every year or the start of every financial year. Now, at the moment, builders are receiving emails every week about price changes and delivery issues. And a lot of the work that builders are doing these days and that's chewing up huge amounts of time for them is simply navigating the multitude of price rises and delivery delays across their supply chain and then figuring out what that means for the projects that they already have underway and that they have coming up. In previous time too, they were also able to seek quotes from their suppliers and subcontractors and then those prices that were quoted on, they were often honoured for quite, you know, a fair few months. And so a builder then could move through the lengthy process of preparing a detailed proposal for a project based on the quoted prices and then know that once the job commenced, they could put in an order at that quoted price with a delivery time in the future and then they could have that item delivered to site when it was needed, sometimes months later, generally still at the quoted price that they'd secured months prior. Now, suppliers and many subcontractors at the moment, they are only holding quotes for 30 days uh, and to lock in that price and actually be able to purchase at that price, the item has to be paid for within 30 days as well. So that's going to become problematic for you if you're signing a fixed price contract and then that item isn't actually going to be needed on site for a few more months. And so you don't know what it's actually going to cost you when you need 
to order it for construction. And I'm going to talk more about what that's meaning for contracts and what to be aware of in a minute. First, let me take you through some of the published information on upcoming price rises that are getting shared on industry websites. So at the moment, companies across the industry are advising of impending price rises from March onwards and really only forecasting for about three months in advance uh, of anywhere between 4% and 38%. And many of these companies that are talking about these impending price rises, you know, some of them have already had significant price rises over the past 12 and 24 months. So these price rises are compounding on top of each other. So, for example, in March 2022, breezeway louver windows are increasing by 5%. Uh, Bostick adhesive and sealant, it's increasing by up to 38%. Corinthian doors are increasing by 15%. CSR Bradford insulation is increasing by 18%. Wesbeam engineered timber is increasing by up to 20%. You know, we all hoped that we'd seen the end of the timber price rises, but there are more on their way, unfortunately. February has already seen an increase of up to 20% in glass with G. James Glass, uh, Mercury Glass, National Glass and Viridian. They're also increasing their glass by a similar amount. Colour Bond increased by 9%. Gal Lintel Steel Lintels increased by up to 28%. Now, at the time of recording, as I said earlier, these listed price sizes, they extend out about three months to May 2022 with Hume Doors uh, increasing by 15% and CSR Cementel fibre cement increasing by up to 12%. Look, I could keep going with this. It's a really, it's a long, long list that you can find online and you can source through industry websites and industry information. Um, I've just cherry picked some products and items from it that may be familiar to you. And gosh, it's full on, isn't it? You know, along with that, we're of course seeing totally unpredictable changes to supply chains, timelines, freight costs, and all of the associated parts of getting products from where they're made to the physical construction site where they're needed. Now, anyone who has ordered anything online lately, even, you know, anything outside the industry, you will have experienced this issue around su supply chains and delivery timelines at a micro level. So, of course, dealing with it for large-scale products that are being shipped or flown in from overseas, it just adds a whole new level of complexity to it. Please understand, I'm not telling you this to completely stomp all over your renovating and building dreams. As someone who's, you know, I've been personally thinking about home renovation during these times, I really do know that it can feel demoralising to hear this information and to feel like your project is just getting further and further out of reach. And, you know, why didn't you do it three years ago when you first started thinking about it? 2020 hindsight is a total killer. But I want to talk with you about what this might mean for you and your project, because I believe that when you're armed with information, you can make much better decisions. Okay, so what does this mean for you and your project? You know, should you wait or should you just bite the bullet, strap yourself in for a bumpy ride and keep going? Or should you just forget the whole idea altogether and abandon the idea of renovating and building? I will say this up front. Only you can decide whether it's the right time to make your project happen. I don't know you. I don't know your financial position. All of my information is given from a very general, informative place that is then yours to choose to do with what you will. And it is essential that you do your own research and you make your own decisions from an educated place based on your own due diligence. However, I do want to take you through some of the things to be aware of right now as the industry grapples with this uncertainty, whilst trying to give homeowners certainty inside contracts as to what their projects will cost and how long things will take to deliver. As you can imagine, 
industry professionals are struggling with how to advise homeowners in this environment. You know, builders can price a project and within a few months, a price will have moved considerably. And if they're preparing a contract for a project that's going to take six to 12 months to build, they're working out how to factor in potential price rises over that time and to figure out how they're going to cover any increases or ensure that their client can factor them in during the build. Inside Live Life Build with the builders that we meet with uh, on a regular basis, we've had loads of conversations with them about how they're factoring in these price rises and many members at Live Life Build have been seeking their own legal advice to ensure that any changes they're making to how they price things and how they execute their contracts is actually legally correct. Interestingly though, there are industry bodies recommending to builders that the best way for them to handle the unpredictability of price rises and time delays is by only executing work under cost plus contracts. Now, these industry bodies, they're suggesting that builders avoid fixed price contracts altogether. And if they do have to do a a fixed price contract, that they then put as much of the works as they can into provisional sums and PC items in the contract, where price rises and time delays actually give the builder the opportunity to raise a variation to the contract and to then have the client accommodate that variation. These industry bodies are also suggesting that builders request from the client proof of funds beyond the contract so that they know that homeowners have sufficient funds if and when the price of building goes up during construction. I think at this point, uh, I want to point out something that I was actually discussing with Dwayne Pierce, who's a builder and my business partner in Live Life Build and who's still doing all of his work under fixed price contracts. We were talking about the fact that there's a difference between these two things. You know, there's a difference between what as a builder you can or want to do contractually, like what you're actually allowed to do contractually and what you can or should do ethically in how you take care of your clients. So yes, of course, builders can create and they are creating contracts that mean that any risk of price rise and time delays has to be worn by the client. But should they? Well, ultimately, that's going to be up to the builder and the homeowner to navigate in their own negotiations, isn't it? And to, of course, assess that as part of their own risk management. Now, please, please don't misunderstand me, okay? I am not expecting that a builder should enter a contract at the moment that is set up so that they have to be the ones that wear every single price rise and just absorb the extra cost and time of delivering the project in a really unpredictable environment. But neither do I believe that builders should be externalising and deferring all of the risk to unsuspecting homeowners through contracts set up to actually then put all of the unpredictable cost and time changes across to the homeowner. I believe that builders, designers and homeowners need to now more than ever be working really closely with each other to be agile and collaborative as these challenges continue to impact how we deliver projects. And that means that builders, as the one in this industry every day and in direct contact with suppliers, subcontractors and industry professionals, have to be communicating really regularly and openly with their clients about the price rises happening and coming their way. And it also means that the client and designer have to be able to work with the builder to review where changes can be made that contend with that can contend with these price rises and time delays, which might be things like changing a material or a structural solution or a construction sequence in order to be able to create a workaround. 
it especially means that you as the client, you have to be aware that this is out of everyone's control and that you you can't expect to people to be working for you for free or to be out of pocket in their business and wearing all the risk of delivering your home at a time that risk management is incredibly challenging. So let's take a minute to talk about cost plus contracts because I know that this is the go-to for many builders at the moment. A cost plus contract, it's still a contractual agreement like a a fixed price contract. However, it's where the client agrees to pay the builder for materials and labour for their project as well as an agreed margin to cover overheads and profits. And then the builder carries out the project and and, and invoices the client along the way presenting invoices for the work carried out and the materials ordered and then a time and margin associated with the work in that invoice. Now, a fixed price contract, by contrast, it requires the builder to work out and predict all of the associated labour, time and materials for your project ahead of time in order to actually give you a fixed price and a fixed timeline contractually for the delivery of that work. So, The nature of a cost plus contract is that the builder gets paid almost like a project coordinator and labour for hire. You know, if the project takes longer, they get paid for it. If the material costs go up, they get paid for it. If a subby needs to charge more, they get paid for it. If something unexpected happens on site that could have been predicted but wasn't, well, they still get paid to deal with it. It's a tricky contract because the risk largely gets pushed across to the client. Yes, you're the one paying, so you don't necessarily have to approve all the invoices prior to paying them. But the gist of it is that if the work has to be done to complete the project, then it gets charged for. That's the nature of a cost plus contract. Now, whilst the builder will generally provide an estimate of time and cost prior to entering the cost plus contract, there's nothing contractually that holds them to that. And these types of contracts are great if the work in a project is hard to scope fully and the budget is flexible. But if they're being used to handle unpredictability in the marketplace, you as a client will definitely need to get advice about how to manage that for your own finances. I see homeowners get frustrated with cost plus contracts because what happens is they start watching every minute that the builder is using. And if you're working with a builder who isn't proactive at managing their time well and hasn't provided you with a schedule or a program for their project, and perhaps they're not super organized, then as a client paying for it, you can start getting frustrated at the additional trips to the hardware or the phone calls that you can see them taking on site from other clients, wondering if that time is actually being billed to your project. Inside a cost plus contract, there's also not a lot of incentive besides good customer relationship management for the builder to seek the best price on materials and subbies. Now, I'm not saying the cheap price, I'm saying the best price. You don't want to work with a builder who just finds the cheapest price on everything, but you do want to work with a builder who's ensuring that you're getting good value for your home and delivering that value in a great quality way that's cost competitive. A cost plus contract means that the builder gets paid regardless of what is charged, which means that they may not push to get the best price from those that they're sourcing from or subcontracting to. Now, it's also worth knowing that a cost plus contract always protects the builder's overheads and profit margin because the overheads and the profit get added to every invoice, every time, whatever the invoice is and whatever it is for and whatever you've agreed in terms of that margin for overheads and profit before you've started. In a fixed price contract, the builder only earns their overheads and profit margin if the project costs what they predicted and takes as long as they predicted. And so a fixed price contract naturally requires the builder to be actively protecting their overheads and profit margin through their own project management and execution. It's a totally different way for a builder to run a project and to run their business. 
Now, yes, I know that homeowners can feel that because of this pressure for that builder to protect their overheads and their profit margin, uh, then that means that if a builder hits trouble, then they'll potentially cut corners or they'll underdo things if the going gets tough. However, that's where your builder selection and vetting comes in. It's not the fixed price contract that's necessarily going to make a builder act poorly. It's the builder's personal and business values and the standard that they've set for themselves and the way that they operate. I do see homeowners prefer cost plus contracts for a few reasons. There's a perception that it feels more open book and transparent than a fixed price contract because you're literally seeing what your project is costing every step of the way as these invoices are getting presented to you. You know, for some, this is how they feel they'll be able to trust that the, what the builder is doing and be sure that they're not getting ripped off. However, if you're working with a great builder and you've used the pack process, then you'll gain this information through your working relationship anyway. If they're doing a really detailed proposal, you'll be able to see this information. It's generally better to choose a builder and create a relationship with them that enables you to trust them without you having to see every invoice on your project to ensure that you feel okay. The other reason that homeowners often prefer cost plus contracts is because it builds in flexibility. It is literally like hiring a builder for their skills and ability just to build and coordinate as opposed to you paying for the finished project that they're going to build or renovate for you. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a different mindset in terms of how you work with them. I think cost plus contracts can be hugely risky for homeowners because I think it's hugely risky for anyone to enter a contract with a project and to start a project that isn't fully documented, fully specified, fully scoped out, fully planned and fully costed as much as it can possibly be. So if you are entering a cost plus contract, then I would suggest to you that firstly, you ensure that your project is fully documented and detailed so the builder has sufficient information to work from. You work with a builder who'll provide you with a schedule or a program showing you a timeline and deliverables for your project. You get a quantity surveyor to provide a cost report as a check for the price and the scope of your project prior to commencing. You get assistance from an industry professional such as an architect to review the invoices along the way so that you've got some third party input on whether things are being handled efficiently on site. You get some formal advice about how much contingency to keep aside for impending price rises and potential changes. And you check that a cost plus contract won't cause financing issues for you if you're borrowing money for your project because some lenders don't like cost plus contracts due to the open-endedness of them. What if you're starting your project with a fixed price contract instead and you're worried about what will happen if product prices change and timelines need to shift? This is a really common question right now. The cost of construction and the duration of a project is a moving feast right now and it's frustrating for all involved. Firstly, I would offer similar suggestions to the cost plus contract ones. Ensure that your project is fully scoped and documented and work with a builder who will program your project. What's especially dangerous right now is to work with people who will say, well, my plans keep having to change and so there's no point in me planning anything. Now, when I say plans here, I don't mean your floor plans. I mean the plans made to execute your project. Good operators, they are still defining what projects will cost and how long they will take to deliver. And then as new information comes in, they're adjusting their forecasting to suit or they're coming up with strategies to bring things back on track as much as possible where they can. A builder can say, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future and continue to plan a project with the information that they have available right now. It at least gives you a starting point to work with. Secondly, create a relationship that keeps you in close contact with your builder throughout your design phase in the lead up to your contract. 
So this can be through a process like the pack process or through other means. It's the builders, not the designers, that are regularly getting informed by suppliers and subbies each day and can inform you if it impacts your project as the design develops. Thirdly, discuss with the builder who is pricing your project how they're factoring in potential price changes and time delays. Talk with them to see if they're already factoring contingencies into your pricing. Ask them what they suggest you keep aside in your budget for a contingency. And also discuss with them how they're structuring their contracts to manage risk in these current times. Review any special conditions that they're adding and where they're using provisional sums and PC items. Fourth, seek your own legal advice about the contract prior to signing it, especially regarding any amendments to the contract and to the legitimacy of what the builder is putting into provisional sums and PC items. Depending on the contract and where you're located, there will be rules about what can and can't be listed as a provisional sum or a PC item. Now, my fifth point is discuss what workarounds there may be to manage the potential price rises and time delays. Consider where you're sourcing your fixtures and finishes from and purchase locally manufactured items where possible to reduce the risk associated with delivery issues. In some instances, it may be possible to purchase items at the commencement of your contract so that you can secure them at current prices and your builder may have storage facilities or you may have room on site or the suppliers may be able to store them for you. If you're going to do this, know that there's a couple of potential issues. One issue is that an item might be purchased and stored, but given how hard it can be to unpack building products, etc., and the contents potentially won't be checked until the point of installation. So if there's any issues with the delivery, any damaged items or anything like that, you may not find out until the point of actually it being unpacked and you needing it, and then experience delays at that point as you might get parts replaced. Now, that of course could happen with a mistaken delivery at that point anyway, but it's worth being aware of. Another issue that uh, can be in many instances is that builders actually aren't supposed to order and charge for things that they're not storing on your site in lots of locations. So this is usually a rule that's in place to protect you due to dodgy builders charging claims for products that they haven't ordered uh, but they're charging you for anyway in order to manage their cash flow. So what's happened is that overseeing bodies like the QBCC, they've brought in rules to prevent builders from being able to charge for products that aren't actually visible on site. If your contract's being administered by an architect or a quantity surveyor, they may recommend that you don't actually pay for any items where a transfer of ownership to you hasn't been made. Now, where builders are ordering ahead of time and storing at their own facilities and making claims for those items inside their contracts, it's happening through trusting relationships that they have with their clients and open discussions that this is going to be the strategy used to mitigate price rise and delivery risks. So you want to make sure that all of that's out in the open before you sort of uh, head into your project. Now, if you're thinking about buying all of your own fixtures and fittings where possible, and you're going to personally secure them so that you can get the specific pricing and you can ensure that they're available for your project. Just be aware of the risks in sourcing your own products, fixtures and finishes. I've actually got two uh, podcast episodes available on this. Episodes 198 and 199 are going to be really worth listening to for you. Uh, and you can listen to them or you can grab the PDF transcripts that are downloadable by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 198, 198, the numbers 198 and 199 respectively. So undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 198, undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 199. So with all of this going on, is it actually just worth waiting and delaying your project until later? Well, 
I'm not an economist, but in the 27 plus years of doing this with homeowners, everyone I speak to, they always wish that they did their project several years ago when prices were lower. And that's definitely true right now. And in my experience as well, I find that more commonly, the main reasons that to wait and to do your project later, they'll relate to your own financial situation rather than what the market is doing itself. So for example, I find that some homeowners that I speak to are, wa- are deciding to wait so they can save some more funds or they can build up more equity in their existing property or because they want to wait for the availability of the builder that they want to work with. Now, if you're waiting because of what you hope the market will or won't do, my hope is that you are getting really informed about that decision and you're doing your own research into macro and microeconomic conditions and you're not simply relying on the mainstream media or the musings of industry professionals or what you're hearing amongst friends or or online as to what may or may not happen. And I also hope that you're not just thinking what goes up must come down. Most of the time, renovating and building requires a leap of faith whenever you decide to do it and only you can decide when is the right time for you. So back to my initial question that started this whole episode. With the industry the way it is right now and with price rises happening and everyone so busy, should I be starting my renovation on your new build or should I wait until things calm down a bit? These are my final tips and I have five of them. So tip number one, connect closely with the industry professionals that you're considering working with and discuss with them what is really happening in the industry right now. Talk real numbers, real projects, recent and current experience and get a better sense for it for your location and your project type with the people that are on the ground. Tip number two is to remember that good operators are busy but they're busy most of the time. So in any project, it's important that you you start your discussions early, you understand the steps ahead and you be methodical about the steps as you move through them. Tip number three extends on from tip number two and that's what I find is that most homeowners will research and they'll think about their project for months and months and even years but the minute they, that they decide that now is the time that they want to do their project, they want it all done ASAP. I often have people getting in touch with me about home methods saying that they don't plan to do their project until next year sometime, so they're wondering if it's too soon to join. And my suggestion would be to invest in actually getting educated now and start discussions with industry professionals sooner rather than later. I speak to builders and architects and designers and other colleagues in this industry who've had clients in conversation with them for sometimes 12 months or more prior to commissioning them. As professionals inside this industry, we know that these decisions aren't straightforward for everyone and they can require some time. So start that process for yourself sooner rather than later. Tip number four is to know your numbers. Get a good understanding of the funds that you're working with because it's not just construction costs that have changed. Lending has changed and property values have changed as well. And tip number five is if you are going to wait, don't just step completely out of the process and disconnect with what's going on. There is so much that you can do for your project that can be worthwhile time-wise for progress overall, regardless of when you're going to start. Have a listen to the five-part mini-sode series that I did a few episodes ago uh, because that will help you learn what you can do before you begin designing your home, whoever you're working with. And you can find that by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash five steps. That's the number five, S-T-E-P-S. 
Find out about your existing home or land so that you know what you're working with and keep researching products and materials, building methodologies and industry professionals so that you don't lose touch with what's happening in residential design and construction. As an aside, I do find that when it comes to long-term family homes, unless there's an external factor forcing urgency in a project, which may be something like the arrival of a new baby or parents moving in or a home just seriously deteriorating, even in the best of times, it's possible and a lot of people do just continue to push their project out. And this particularly happens with renovations. I've had lots of homeowners tell me that they meant to get their reno done so much sooner, but life just kept getting in the way or other things in their lives needed the funds that they were saving. So, you know, even without what's going on in the industry, homeowners are often delaying their projects intentionally or unintentionally. It's just that right now with what's going on in the industry, it can feel like a good reason to delay. And that means that it can also be a good excuse as well. And it's one that's not about you, but it's something that's outside of your control. So yes, current circumstances, they definitely may pose more challenges to your project. However, we have Home Method members still making their projects happen in current times. They're shifting and adjusting as they need to, to accommodate things as they go. So it is still totally possible, totally achievable to renovate and build your home right now. So my last words to you on this subject are this. Are you using what's going on in the industry right now as an excuse to not progress your project because renovating and building simply scares you and it seems overwhelming to contend with? If that's the case, it's totally understandable and it's also great that you're here listening to this podcast and investing time in getting yourself educated for your project journey. Hopefully, it's helping you feel more confident little by little. And if you'd like to get even more confidence, of course, continue diving into the other resources that are available on Undercover Architects platform. And I'd also suggest checking out Home Method by heading to www.homemethod.com.au or to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see it there. Now, before I head off and I wrap up this podcast episode, remember you can access a free downloadable PDF of this episode's transcript by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 229. That's the numbers 229. Please grab it if you wish to read and review this information in more detail. I hope that you found this conversation super helpful and that it's helped clear up some things for you in terms of thinking about your project and its timeline. All of the links that I've mentioned in this podcast episode, uh, as well as all of the links to grab the PDF transcript, um, they will be available in this episode's show notes in whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. I really look forward to spending time with you again in our next episode. It's going to be a really great one if you are about to sign a building contract because I've got some tips there about what to look out for at any time that you're signing a building contract and getting ready for construction of your project. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.